When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Recent studies have shown that the microorganisms that live all around us and even inside us have an effect on things we might never have expected, including our emotional state and how attractive we are to mosquitoes. Some experts are even trying to alter these microbial communities to reduce our susceptibility to colds and reduce the risk of complications from surgery. I spoke to Dr. Jack Gilbert from Argonne National Laboratory and Chicago University about how we can study these microbial communities by looking at their collective genetic material, called a microbiome. So a microbiome is the sum genomic content of a bacterial or microbial community. That sounds a bit more complicated than it actually is. If you imagine when the human genome was sequenced, we got a genome of an organism. Imagine if you had the genomes of every mammal species on the savannah and all the genomes of all of the grasses and the trees and the insects and the flies. That would be a macrobiome of genomes. What we do is apply that kind of genome sequencing technology and examine the bacteria, the fungi, the microscopic animals and plants that exist all around us and in us. And we call it the microbiome. And what kind of microbiomes are you looking at? A personal microbiome or an environmental microbiome? My group specifically focuses on nothing specific. (laughs) We run a number of large-scale initiatives focused on the human microbiome. So we run something called American Gut. And in American Gut, we sequence the microbiome of individuals from around the world, send them a kit, they send us a sample, and we sequence it and examine the bacteria that live within them. But we also do this in environments. And the reason we were here today was because we are now doing this in hospitals and trying to examine the bacteria that live on the surfaces, on the floor, on the walls, on the bed rails, in the air, in the water, in the humans, on their clothes, in the staff, every facet of this building. So if we focus on personal microbiomes for a minute, why are they important? What your personal microbiome does is many things. Your body has evolved to actively recruit bacteria into it. So it's evolved ways of picking up bacteria from the environment and building up microbial communities inside you to the point where your gut holds about two pounds or about a kilo of bacteria living inside your intestine. And that kilo of bacteria is like a protective film. That's your army that stops the invading pathogens from getting to you. So when we have those microbiome that stops the invasion, that's one perfect example of how it helps us. It's a health benefit. But it affects us in many different ways. I won't go into all of them, but one great example is we know that the bacteria can generate products, can change their metabolism, which influences 
our mood selection, how happy or sad or anxious we are by changing the certain pathways such as the serotonin and or the tryptophan degradation pathway and whether they generate serotonin, which makes us stable and, and happy, or whether they generate kynurin, which doesn't do very good for us at all. It makes us kind of crazy. So we have to understand those relationships. And we know that the bacteria in our body, not the pathogens, influence those processes. So are you saying that we could take bacteria and alter our own microbiomes to be happier or more stable? Absolutely. We're working on that right now. The National Institute of Mental Health in the US has a new program trying to investigate this very topic. There's a lot of correlative evidence which suggests that when you take bacteria and put them into a sterile mouse, you can change how that mouse will behave. So that mouse could go from being a a very brave mouse to a very anxious and timid mouse by the bacteria that live in its body. That's the only thing that changes. That helps us as scientists to know the addition of those bacteria actively affects the microbiome of that animal and actively affects its behaviour. And do our personal microbiomes affect any common health problems as well? Well, they have a lot of health benefits in terms of the good bacteria that live on us. They do change a lot of things about our our body's makeup. You know, we believe that um, asthma may be related to the uh, exposure you have to bacteria, environmental bacteria. We believe that things like the common cold and certain viral infections can be mediated by the strength of your microbiome. So a healthy, robust microbiome may be more able to fight off a viral infection. In wound scenarios, we know that bacteria that are normally healthy, if they're stressed by the wound environment, which is actually a very stressful system, they can turn pathogenic, something we didn't know two years ago. So we're uncovering novel pathogens that are lurking as good guys in our guts. It's obviously of vital importance to study our personal microbiomes and learn about how they can affect our behaviour and our health. You said your group's also working on the environmental microbiome, so the microbial populations on everyday objects or in a hospital environment. Why is that important? There's an interesting point. You're born sterile. You're given a healthy dose of bacteria from your mother and then from whoever you interact with afterwards. But that's not the only place that bacteria get into your body. They come in through the water supply, through the air that you breathe, through the people and things that you touch throughout your life. And it takes about 18 months for that microbiome to stabilise to something you would consider an adult bacterial community. But after that first 18 months of life, you've acquired a microbial consortia that lives with you for the rest of your life. And what we know is that that microbiome can be perturbed. It can be disrupted and we can knock out some of those good bacteria and by doing bad things to ourselves, like heavy drinking or taking a big dose of antibiotics. It can alter the microbiome to such a point where you're actually left open to pathogens or bad bacteria which you may not want to uh, take in. Brilliant case in point, obesity. Obesity has always been considered maybe a choice, but we now believe um, that exacerbated obesity could be a disease, an actual microbially-related disease. The certain bacteria, when when you're on a high-fat diet, you are then colonised by a bacterium which likes those fats. That bacterium is really good at taking those fats and turning it into energy, which makes you fatter. And what we see is that that microbiome probably comes from the environment. And that's from your home, your workplace, even your hospital. So by figuring out how these environmental microbiomes might affect our personal microbiomes and then cause these diseases or have mental effects... Are you suggesting that we could change those environmental microbiomes 
or at least use the knowledge of those to protect ourselves or to yeah, positively affect change ourselves. the way we do things. So if the microbiome from the environment colonizes us and we need to determine if things that we do to ourselves, the, the food we eat, the uh, water we drink, the people we interact with, how we segregate patients in a hospital, for example, how we treat patients. You know, maybe we don't need to use antibiotics as much as we think we do. Maybe we need to target antibiotic use. A change in the culture of antibiotic use would have significant implications, not just for the bacteria we acquire from the environment, but also for the bacteria that live in our bodies already. And that could change everything.